Hello, and welcome to the Embracing Discomfort podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking about failure as a tool for embracing discomfort. I have a special guest, Catherine. Can't wait for you to meet her, and I'm glad that you're here. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. You are too kind. (laughs) So today, this episode is going to be about embracing failure which I think both of us have some experience in Mm -hmm. that hopefully others could benefit from the aspect of learning from our success. And then I'll talk about where I failed at failure because I think that's also important to point out because you're not always successful Mm -hmm. whenever you face it. Hence the word failure, right? So to kind of get into it, I think it's always important to define what failure is. So failure is commonly defined as the lack of success or the inability to achieve a certain outcome. For me, I like to think of failure as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that is something that has taken me years to get to. Mm -hmm. How do you define failure? Oh, gosh, great question. I don't know. The definition is so, so good. I don't know if I can can improve on it. But I will say, if you can't figure out how to succeed and fail and embrace both of those with the same happiness and arms wide open, then you will never grow. Oh, yeah. I love that. That is very true. I think there are some alternative ways to think about failure. And that is key Mm -hmm. to starting that personal growth journey. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, that is key if you want to live to your fullest potential in life. Failure is inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I I kind of outlined a few ways I think people can view failure that will help create more of a positive relationship with it versus I think we tend to think of it in a very negative fashion. And that is it could be a learning experience. It could be an opportunity for experimentation and innovation. Mm -hmm. It can be a time for feedback and course correction. It can be redefining what success looks like in your life. Mm -hmm. And then I also said it's an opportunity to face our fears and develop resilience. I think about kind of key figures that have overcome failure. And someone that always pops up is Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb. We've all heard it, right? And one of the things he said about failure that I have kind of started to really take the mindset of is I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) And so kind of thinking through that in your experience. So first, I want to kind of just give our listeners brief overview. You and I met probably about a year ago, maybe. Yeah, sounds about right. And you have become a mentor to me. Um, I have very much appreciated your insight and your candid conversations. And just being able to have you as a sounding board in my life and is why I wanted you to be on my podcast because you have provided such helpful guidance for me personally that I know several people could benefit from. You're too kind. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And so wanting to dive into your world. A little bit of how I walk through failure and continuous improvement. Um, Have you ever heard of agile methodologies in the IT world? 
I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm not educated enough to understand what, what all that entails. Yeah. So I'll give a very, very high, high view of it. Um, so there's something called waterfall methodologies where you get all these requirements in the beginning and then you go away into a cave and six months later you produce these deliverables. Most of the time the de deliverables don't match what the person actually wanted. Agile methodologies say, I'm going to give you something you need every two weeks or every month so you can start using it. It may not be the full scope of what you need, but you're going to get these little pieces to use until we get that big bang approach. One of the concepts in Agile that I love so tremendously is the thoughts of continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. And that's where there's a meeting or ceremony called a retrospective, where you look at everything that's going right and everything that is going wrong and you fix it. You capitalize on all the, the things that you're doing right and then all of the, the bad things that aren't going right, you develop a plan of how are we going to mitigate those? How are we going to move forward? I use it at work. I use it at home. My kids and I do a, a retrospective where they tell me everything that's going right and everything that's going wrong, and we make plans for it. I love that. Yeah. But that means you have to be open to really self-reflecting. Oh, yeah. And getting in the cracks and crevices of things that may not always be the most comfortable. Oh, for sure. Things to look at. Yeah. What do you feel from the standpoint of failure that everyone gets wrong or the vast majority of people get wrong? There's a lot, but the, the one thing that I can think of is that you are going to see your failures much more than anybody else will. So I will tell you 15 things that I did wrong this week, 15 things that I feel like I failed at. You're going to look at me and go, nobody even noticed any of those. So it doesn't make any sense not to reach for bigger, better things thinking, oh, I might fail and somebody might see me because guaranteed nobody's going to see it. So go ahead, go ahead and do your failures. I know for me coming up and when I was in my early 20s, mm -hmm thinking that my mistakes, my failures were under this microscope and that everybody could see them. And as I've gotten older and well into my 30s now, I've started to recognize that most people have no idea that I said the wrong thing in that meeting. And so nobody really cares to your point exactly. What do you think contributes to getting through that and starting to recognize that? It may come with age. <laughs> I will definitely say that. It, you know, it, it really, really helps to have a mentor. Like I've been blessed to have great mentors in my life and great mentees in my life. But when you're with your mentor and you're talking through all these failures, you know, they're going to look at you and say, yeah, was that really a failure? What did you learn from it? Was it really that big? You mistaking somebody's name in a meeting was that really a failure and i think when you can talk those out with somebody you start to realize oh i guess i am blowing that up way bigger than i thought it was so kind of reframing it great way to put it but i think it's really hard for people in that moment especially if it's something they don't get an opportunity to do often mm -hmm. to recognize that and take a step back i call it that that moment of pause where you do one of two things. You either respond to what you're feeling, which I think takes that self-reflection piece, mm -hmm. or you react. 
which is much quicker, and you almost always either regret or wish you had done something different. What for you, because you're a people leader, Mm -hmm. what do you see or have you dealt with from a failure perspective or seen that you wish people had a different outlook on or are even some success stories that you've either witnessed or had yourself? You're asking all these really great questions (laughs) that I should have prepared for. So one of the things um, I think as a people leader, I'll kind of answer that failure question first is you got you get a lot of people's first reactions. You know, you have to give bad news. You have to give, you know, feedback that's hard. That first reaction is generally pretty bad um, because what we do matters. You know, we spend the majority of our, our working, our lives working, you know, this is how we take care of our families. This is what puts food on the table and a roof over our head. So people are pretty passionate about their jobs. And if they hear, hey, you know, you, you talk a lot in meetings, May, maybe cut that back a little bit. They hear the big, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. You know, so you get that guttural action or reaction of, um, no, no, that's not me. That's somebody else. I'm trying to explain myself and all of these things. As a people leader, you have to look past that first reaction. And I bet you get that a lot too with how you deal with things. That first reaction is probably going to be a bad one. That you just have to wait and have them come back around. I love that. I always say the first reaction, they get a pass. Yeah. Um, and that that was even when I was a probation officer. <laughs> It's like, you know what? You get your first free pass. I mean, you can't hurt me, yeah. you know, physically, but you can call me whatever, get it out of your system, and then, okay, let's take a breath yeah. and get ourselves situated to deal with the rest of it. Yeah. And it's a great, like, if you can reframe it again in your mind of they care, they're passionate they're having this response because they care about their work. They care about how they're presented in meetings. They care about the work they do. If you can reframe it like that, it's going to go a lot easier. That is very true. Yeah. But it takes, you know, I think we're both, we don't know if it's age, if it's experience, whatever, <laughs> whatever that magic dust is that gets spread in to help you be able to navigate that in a way that's more, I guess you could tie it to emotional intelligence or yeah. just maturity in general and recognizing this isn't the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about right now I'm watching the Women's College World Series softball. Okay. I'm loving it. But if you think about kind of the diamond sports, a great batting average is 500, which means their batting average, their hitting, 50 out of 100. So thank you for explaining that. I did not know what that meant. (laughs) So if you're thinking about it from the negative standpoint, you could almost see that as a failure Mm -hmm. because I'm only I'm only hitting half of the balls. But I would to the point of reframing or even to the point of, I think, learning and adapting, you Mm -hmm. have to start somewhere. Yep. And you're never going to get better if you don't start and you don't push. And I often think that really great leaders or people that we turn to for advice, most often than not, have gone through a significant amount of failure. Oh, for sure. Which is what made them so great at what they do. Yeah. I have failed 
a lot that doesn't make me a failure. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things that, you know, helps a team a whole lot is every quarter we go through our wins, losses, and lessons learned. So they come to me with their successes. I don't, I don't dictate anything to them. They come with their wins of here, this project finished and it created so much value. Here's where I helped out on this big initiative that was going on. They also bring their losses of things that they have failed of. Um, you know, they didn't get all of the training that they wanted to get accomplished. They didn't get the certification that they were, you know, gearing for accomplished. And then we'd go through lessons learned of both of those things of what did you learn from those wins? What did you learn from those losses? And I always use it as a gauge of if you have all wins, you're not trying hard enough. You're not reaching out and, and trying to go beyond. If you have too many losses, maybe you're being too hard on yourself. A good mixture of that is always really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. I do the same thing with my boss, though. I put my wins and losses in front of him as well. But you feel comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's probably a, an important piece of identifying failure is feeling comfortable enough to do that, mm -hmm. that you're in that environment of trust. That's a very interesting topic, I think, because as part of what I do today, mm -hmm. do a lot of the performance management piece. And in reflecting back on performance, a lot of times people in general overall have difficulties identifying that full picture, full scope of the year of what went right, what went wrong, mm -hmm. where can I improve? But I would say, and this is just my own personal self-thought process along those lines, if you're never identifying where you failed, mm -hmm. I have a problem with that because then I'm starting to wonder, do you think you're ever wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but you can't have individuals like that in really any job, mm -hmm. but especially, you know, certain roles that require a high degree of integrity. Oh, good point. That would make me nervous. Mm -hmm. That would make me think, oh, this is another Enron or <laughs> World Mom, or we've got some situations going yeah. on here that could, you know, get to that, that point. Kind of to reflect on how you define success. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, if you can think of an example, of a failure that turned into a success and what impact, if any, that had on your definition of success? You know, I can think of one example. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I was not happy with where I was. Um, it's that same place that we went through a lot of layoffs and in a short amount of time. And I thought, I want to I want to look around. I want to see what's available. And I had some job interviews and I kept seeing red flags. I kept seeing these things of, hey, pay attention to this. I don't think this is the right place to go. And I ignored them. I wrote them off because, hey, it's a pandemic. Maybe this is why this is happening or what. And I shouldn't have accepted the job offer and I shouldn't have gone there. And it was a, a big failure on my side that I ignored my gut instinct of this isn't the right place to go. But now I know if I'm in, ever in a spot of I'm going through a job interview and my gut is telling me run away from here, you know, don't accept this job opportunity to follow that. A similar experience. Mm -hmm. Went to a place that I think there's always this idea that we have that the grass is greener yeah. on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and this was 
a company I had, I think since I was an, you know, entering into adulthood, wanted to be a part of this organization, mm -hmm. had seen it very early on and just had it in my head that this was the place for me. Yeah. It was not the right place for me. And what I have come to learn, because I've had a few steps like that in my yeah. life, <laughs> is it wasn't the right place for me, but if without it, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And where I'm at today, which is probably why there is a uncomfortableness, if you will, about where things could go yep. in the future. But that's to me telling me that what I have is real and that I truly found a group of people that has meant the world to me mm -hmm. and that has influenced me and made me feel part of a very connected community. And at the end of the day, whatever happens will happen. And that just tells me I now know what it should feel like to have that community. Mm -hmm. And I've truthfully never had that before. But that for me in my own personal experience has been what I've tried to focus on moving forward. Yeah. Change is scary. But I will say I've ha I've been on great teams that I thought the exact same thing and it just keeps getting better. And I still have those people and I still talk with them and still have dinner with them and they still come over. It's a little bit different because you don't work with them anymore, but I am very, very happy with where I'm at too. And it's, it's only gotten better. I love that you were willing to come on the <laughs> show with me to share your thoughts. You know, in terms of strategies and tips for our listeners, what are some things from the standpoint of when they go through failures, things that they should consider in terms of their mindset and how to take that as an opportunity for something different? Yeah, I think what I said earlier is if you can learn to embrace success and failure the exact same way, and it's a hard journey to go through, I think that will set you up for so many more successes in your life. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Embracing Discomfort podcast and for joining me on this journey of growth and exploration. Before we part ways, I have some exciting bonus content to share with you. I know how important it is to put learning into action. That's why I've prepared various recorded audio exercises that will help you stretch your boundaries and embrace discomfort like a pro. From exclusive curated music previews designed to inspire and energize you to guided visualization exercises and confidence boosting challenges. These resources are only available on Spotify and they're here to support you on your personal growth journey. You can find me on Spotify by searching Embracing Discomfort or check out my blog and pod site, embracingdiscomfort.blog. Remember, embracing discomfort is a continuous process and this podcast is just the beginning. Keep pushing your limits and exploring new possibilities. Thank you for being part of this journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends who are ready to step outside their comfort zones. 
stay curious, stay uncomfortable, and until next time, keep embracing the discomfort.